of its words and then watched it soar into the sky If he's mindful of creation on this I can depend I am his child I can place all my trust in Him. I can trust Jesus. I can trust Jesus. He never wants.
can trust Jesus. He takes care of me. you to remember a few announcements that we have. Remember today's homecoming, we've kind of covered that. No choir practice this evening and all that. And then this week is Bible school all week. Keepers of the kingdom, 6.30 to 9. There's a meal provided for our workers at 5.30 from 5.30 to 6.15 in the fellowship hall. Don't forget that each night. Be praying about it. Don't forget there's an adult Sunday school class. Brother Harry will be teaching that and he's a uh, Always does an amazing job, so if you're coming and dropping off your young people, you can stay. And that starts at 640, 645, 
and that will be in the prayer room downstairs, so always uh, remember that. That's a great time as well. Uh, don't forget to grab a bulletin. There's some uh, announcements that are a little bit further out, uh, but next Sunday morning, we want to remember this. On the 13th, Pastor Corey Engelbretson will be preaching for us, and uh, we're thankful for him and Presley and the work that they're doing, and we just heard amazing testimony a few weeks ago when uh, the uh, that group Senior moments, I have them all the time. The churchmen, thank you, there we go. The churchmen were here, and uh, the one gentleman who goes to their church was just giving a great testimony of the work that they're doing. So we're excited to hear him preach next Sunday morning. Don't forget that as well. Make sure you get a bulletin. Also remember, this is the first Sunday of the month, so there'll be two offerings this morning. So at this moment, I'm going to ask our ushers to come for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings, and these are our regular offerings. And uh, so we're going to take up our regular offering now. After we sing this congregational, we're going to have Greg and Josh come around and, uh, and sing for us. Uh, and then after that, we'll take up our building fund offering this morning. All right, so remember, this one is our tithes and offerings, and then later will be the building fund. All right, I'm going to ask Billy Brown if he'd ask a blessing on y'all. Bless us with, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to celebrate this homecoming day, Lord, and the many years that uh, the church has been here as, a, uh, as an outreach to the community and uh, even to the, the missionaries around the world, Lord. We just ask that you be with the service today. Bless those that sing. Uh, just be with Delmar as he brings the message to where we pray if there is one here that's lost, Lord, that they'll come to you for salvation today, Lord. We just ask now that you bless this offering, bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Page 185. Glory to his name. Everybody stand. Was the blood of life? Glory to 
Amen. You may be seated. Amen. A couple of weeks ago on a Wednesday night, uh, Greg came and sang a few songs for us. And I mean, each one was amazing. And you might not know this, but every Wednesday night we have uh, different folks sing from Emma and Ruby and uh, just different ones in the church just come and provide the music on Wednesday nights. And it's always such a blessing. And Daryl organizes that, makes sure it's all lined up on those Wednesdays. And I sure do appreciate that. And like I said, a couple of weeks ago, Greg came and just sang some songs. And man, they were just a blessing. And uh, I just appreciate that so much. And uh, Greg and has been a blessing in my life for a long time. And I know he'll be a blessing to y'all this morning. Y'all come around and share some music with us this morning. Lift up the Lord. Amen. She's out there, but she can't. She called me last night and couldn't talk at all. Tried to sing. I wanted to record it because if I'd put it on YouTube, I'd be a millionaire right now. It really, really sounded like a mixture of a cartoon character, and but we miss her, and uh, y'all pray for her. Just to be sure, you can't sing this morning, right? All right. Sure. Yeah. She does that to us a lot too. She'll say she can't sing, then she shows up and practice. It sounds better than she's ever sounded in her life. But uh, this being your homecoming service and everything, Greg's going to do a song called what a day that'll be and I can't help but look over it all y'all and I can't wait to see you that day when we all get to heaven just like we sang before isn't it a blessing to know that that's what we have to look forward to listen and sing Yes. 
shall see when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day, glorious day that will be. a song that I heard as a teenager that I really identified with because I grew up in a family that played a lot of music and at some point in my life my family uh, played music full time uh, bluegrass gospel music and uh, I followed my father around a lot and there was a, a lot of times that he was very lonely out on the road playing full time and uh, even though you're out playing gospel music, it's, it's quite a sacrifice leaving your family. And uh, this song really hit me. It's called Hitting the Road. And uh, I want you to listen to the words. Uh, you know, the writer of this song, even though he was out ministering and, and sharing the gospel, he thought about how God left heaven and came to this earth and died for us and that kept him going and how he should go out and share the gospel and I hope you get a blessing out of it. It's called Hitting the Road. Yeah. 
favorite song so I'm going to do it for her. It's called Family Bible. There's a family Bible on the table. It's pages warning hard to But that family Bible on the table will always be my key to memory. At the end of day, when work was over, and we can see 
softly singing Rock of ages, rock of ages Play for me This old world of ours is full of trouble This old world of ours is better be If we found more Bibles on the table Mama singing rock of ages play for me Amen. All right, we're going to have our ushers come again, and, uh, and our musicians are going to come around. This will be our building fund offering this morning, and we thank the Lord for how he's been uh, blessing and sending things our way. So come on around, gentlemen. You know, it's not unusual for us to take up two offerings on a Sunday morning, and our ushers have a little thing. Every once in a while, we get slipped up and we ask on the same person to pray. pray. They call that a twofer, okay? But I'm not going to do a twofer this morning. So, TJ, why don't you ask a blessing on the offer? Lord, we'd like to thank you again for this opportunity to be in your house, Lord. We thank you for the building that we're able to be in, Lord. But we know, Lord, it's, it's those of us believers, Lord, that make up your church, Lord. We thank you for the ones, uh, as we celebrate this homecoming, Lord, that have come before us, Lord, that have carried on the work, Lord. We just pray for uh, you that you bless Delmer as he preaches today, Lord. Just be with the ones that would sing this afternoon, Lord. We just thank you again for this offering, Lord. Bless it to the outbuilding of your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And page 96. 96. Everybody stand on Christ the solid rock we stand. Solid rock I stand over 
right choir in this last verse. Come on up. When he shall come with trumpet sound.
Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all its stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus.
to the place where dreams were shattered and you felt you lost the race where the only thing that's left is sorrow and pain you wondered if you mattered or did anyone see
start like threw my whole morning off. I don't know about you, but it does for me anyway. But I was uh, getting ready, and you know, there's some folks in the church, and they're just walking through some valleys. They're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, to be quite honest with you. And they're, uh, you know, they, they're, ha they're having trials. And I needed to worship this morning. I picked up something that I read a lot, and I share it all the time, but. A lot of times I feel like it, it tries to bring perspective to things. And I was reading the Voice of the Martyrs, and, and they were journaling through Africa and the people who have just, I mean, lost their lives, lost their homes because of their stand for Christ. And I'm looking at that, and so oftentimes we as pastors will bring that to you and we'll be like, look, our troubles are nothing compared to them. But the Lord really kind of hit me a little different this morning, and he was just like, the troubles that you face, they're, they're as real as their troubles. They really are. Yeah. It's different, but it's real. You've got burdens, don't you? You've got things that you're carrying, loads that are, that are weighing you down, things that, you seem, that seem impossible to you. It might be family situations. It might be lost loved ones. It might be broken families. It might be the loss of relationships. It might be your job. But those burdens are so real. And I look over there at this magazine, and instead of wanting to compare my situation, I just think to myself, the same God that carries them carries me. And what's the difference? They brought their burden to Jesus. Yes. That's the difference. See, we, we just hold on to it all the time, don't we? When Jesus is over here saying, hey, take me to that place where all that stuff is dead. Take me there. That's what he's saying. And we're like, no, he, no, it's not that big. It's not this. It's not that. And he says, no, take me there. Take me there to the place that is dead in your life, to the place that you're scared of. This morning, my prayer is for those in our church who they're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm praying that the same God will be so real to them this morning that he'll walk right beside them. Whatever you've got going on, maybe you need to just bring it to him this morning. Take him to that place.
All my words fall short I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do but every song must end, and you never do. So I throw up my hands and praise you again. All that I have is a Except for a heart singing, hallelujah. 
So we've been praying for Phil and Birdie for, for a while, and Birdie is uh, not doing well this morning. Phil just called uh, Delmer, and, and uh, she's really going downhill very fast, and they're worried that even as they go to the hospital this morning, they're not going to make it there before she passes away. So please be in prayer for Phil and the whole Fisher family uh, and just all of them, and be lifting them up. So. Yeah, let's just let's just stop right now. You know what, Derek? If you'll just play, if you want to come to the altar and pray, uh, let's just lift that family up. And uh, I know I know a lot don't know them, but this family has been a part of this church uh, pretty much since the beginning. Well, yes, yeah, since the beginning of this church. So let's gather around, lift up this family this morning. Father, we're coming to you this morning, and uh, our hearts are definitely heavy, but we also are very aware, and we want to, we want to praise you for your goodness in our life. We want to make sure at a time like this that we praise you for Jesus Christ, because the Bible is so clear that we do not sorrow as those without hope. And so I believe with all of my heart, it's so important that while our hearts are breaking and while Phil's heart is breaking, 
And I pray that you would help him to still praise you and just say thank you. Thank you for the marriage that he has. Thank you for the family that he has. But most of all, let him thank you for Jesus Christ who came, gave his life for us so that death is just a shadow that we walk through. Dear Lord, I believe that when Bertie steps from this, we believe and rest upon the word of God that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we're going to stand on that promise that as she leaves this world, this world that's full of heartache and sorrow, disappointments, failure, she walks into a world that is new and bright. And all I can think of here lately is the emphasis of the word of God is that we will be with the Lord. I know we talk about heaven, we talk about streets of gold, but the emphasis in the word of God is that we will be with the Lord. Dear Lord, she's walking out of this world to be with you. Let us comfort one another with these words. Be with this family today. Bless us here as we worship, even though there's sorrow in it, dear God. I do believe there's something important about worshiping in this moment and praising the God who sent his son, praising the God who provided a lamb, praising the God who provided a sacrifice for sins and can make us whole and make us new. Thank you for your goodness on us. Just be with Phil. Let the Holy Spirit be right there with him today. Be so real. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Derek, let's sing that song. What you were just playing. Going home. Lord, put that song on my heart this week. I even typed out the words to it. A lot of you don't know Phil and Bertie, but Phil sang in the quartet for about 30 years. And, uh, traveled many a mile with him Greg wherever you are and that one song I know all too well what it feels like to leave home leave your children and now have to leave Pat behind and but wouldn't do it for anyone else serving the Lord is worth it all and many many times Phil got on that old bus and Bertie stayed behind with the boys. And, uh, you know, I really believe there's a reward waiting for her because of her faithfulness to be that wife at home.
If you know this old song, sing along with us. I am going home. Many times in my childhood when we traveled so far by night, oh, how weary I grow. Father's arms would slip around me and gently he'd say, my child, we are going home. Go. gets homesick the farther I go but my father has led me each step of the way and in your Bibles to the book of Ruth. My mind has been all over the place in this last half hour, but I'm just going to stick with what the Lord had put on my heart. Michael preached from this passage not too long ago. Of course, when I think about too long ago, that could have been a year, but uh, the way things go in life... I don't think it was that long, but it's just good to be at homecoming. I think it's been almost five years since I've been able to be at homecoming. 
And I know some of you, some of you guys especially, don't care a bit that I'm here for homecoming. All you care about is that Patty's here and that her dessert and green beans are over there. I know that. But she's my wife. I get to enjoy it all the time. <laughs> so there, take that. But you know what? It is good to be here. Every time that we've been away singing on homecoming and not been able to be here, we miss being here. We miss the fellowship. We miss, miss seeing the friends that uh, once attended here and have moved on. And we miss that. But in the book of Ruth, Chapter 1, I love the book of Ruth. I know, uh, I think that Eric Beamer character really loves the book of Ruth. And uh, I love this book. It's a love story. But we're not going to talk about the love story today. We're going to stay in chapter 1. And chapter 1 is about coming home. But before you can come home, you leave home, Right? And that's the sad part of chapter 1. So uh, if you would, stand please, and we'll read some of the verses in verse, uh, chapter 1. Now I know you're hungry. I eat at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'm starving. So that's a good thing for you all. You can take a look at me and see I don't miss any meals, all right? So in verse 1, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the, <coughs> and the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. They took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died, also both of them. And the, women, and the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how, the, how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. <clears throat> Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughter-in-laws with her, and they went on their way to return into the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way. For I am too old to have an husband. If I should say, I have hope. If I should say, if I should have an husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. Let's bow our heads 
please, in prayer. And I'd like to try to bring a message to you this morning entitled, Coming Home. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this privilege to be in your house today. Lord, truly our hearts are saddened by this news. But, Lord, we know the testimony of Bertie. And, Lord, we know that if you decide to heal her, that you can do that. We have no doubt. But, Lord, if it's your will to take her home, we know that you will give that peaceful uh, crossing time. And, Lord, that you will just bless Phil and the family and, and that you'll encourage them and give them strength. Lord, she's fought this cancer for a long, long time. Now I pray, Father, that your will would be done and that your peace would be evident everywhere that the family is involved. And so, Father, we need you. I need you today, Lord, that as I try to stand and preach the word of God, that you would anoint me with your spirit and with your power. And, Lord, that you would just open up our understanding of the word of God today. Lord, that I would say exactly what you give me, nothing more, nothing less, that you be lifted up, glorified, and exalted. In your name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know, in this passage of Scripture, it's a familiar passage in the Old Testament because it is a very popular book. It's a book that uh, we love to read. We love to hear the love story of uh, Boaz and Ruth. We love to uh, read how that God just orchestrated all of that. But before any of that ever took place, there's a very sad passage here in chapter 1. Here we find that uh, the blessings that Naomi enjoyed because when we look at uh, what she had, her husband's name, Elimelech, his name means my God is king. And Naomi's name meant pleasant. Now the two boys' names, they're not so good. Malon and Chilean uh, mean sick and pining. So I had a couple of wimpy boys, all right? And uh, we don't know exactly all what took place, but nonetheless, it's a picture of real life because nothing is always, our lives are not always perfect in every situation. There's always something that we encounter. There's always something that's not exactly right. You know, you, you get up and it's a beautiful day outside and you think that, uh, man, this is just a perfect, picture-perfect day. The sky is blue. There's some white, big, billowy clouds that are just sort of drifting through the air and, and you're, you're enjoying it. The air is not humid. It's not 100 degrees. It's a, a beautiful day. I don't know about you, but us... Uh, this fat boy right here doesn't like humidity, all right? I, I don't like those uh, 9,500 degree days. If you like it, okay, I know you're crazy, but you go ahead and like it, all right? Uh, but I, I don't like those days. But you get that beautiful picture of a day, and then all of a sudden, something goes wrong. Something happens that you never planned on, that you never encountered, and we have those kind of lives. We have those kind of days. It's just what happens in life. It's real life, amen? But here, Naomi and Elimelech lived in a place, Bethlehem, Judah. That name means the house of bread and praise. And when we look at this passage, there was a famine that took place. And in the Word of God, a famine a lot of times is a picture of God's judgment upon, uh, uh, upon Israel or upon individuals. And so we, we don't know exactly what was taking place. This is uh, in the time of the judges. And if you read in the book of Judges, uh, uh, I, I believe it's at least two times. It may be more than that. 
But it says, in those days there was no king in Israel. And what it says is that every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And if you read in the book of Judges, you'll see this judge ruled for a certain period of time. And when that man passed away, then Israel would sin. They would turn against God. God would have to send judgment upon them. And so we don't know exactly at what point this took place, but there was a famine in the land. And you know, in our lives, when we think we've got that perfect life and something happens, we always start getting these ideas. Well, if I do this, it'll be better. Or if I go over here, it'll be better. And we often think about what we should do when we don't put God in the mix of our plans. We, we do what we think or we hear somebody say, and we don't pray and seek God's face to know his perfect will for what we should do. Well, here we find that, uh, that uh, they leave the house of bread and praise. The blessings that Naomi enjoyed now all of a sudden are going to fade away because they leave the house of bread and praise. They go down to a place called Moab. Now, Moab was an enemy of the children of Israel. If you look in the book of uh, Genesis chapter 19, verse 37, you'll find that, these, uh, that this nation uh, be becomes, uh, that it starts at this point because the man Lot is drunk and has an incestuous relationship with his daughters and Moab and Ammon, if you read through the Old Testament, they are always a thorn in the side of the Israelite people when they came out of uh, uh, bondage from Egypt and they wanted to pass through their land. They're actually relatives, all right? They're actually kindred. And they wanted to pass through their land. They wouldn't let them pass through their land. And so we see a picture here that where God had blessed them in Bethlehem, Judah, they're going to sojourn in a heathen nation. Boy, isn't it sad that we choose to do that as God's people? We want to leave the house of bread and praise, and we want to go sojourn, sojourn in, basically, Moab is a picture of sin, and we want to go sojourn in a land of sin for a while. But boy, we do that because we don't put God in the mix. We don't put God in the plans. We don't ask God's will for what we should do in the midst of the famine. And so we see here that uh, uh, they, they go down to Moab. Well, you can't outrun God's judgment. You can't outrun God's will for your life. You can't outrun sin in your life because God's hand if you've been born again, washed in the precious blood of the Lamb, God's hand will be upon you. And so when I look at this passage of Scripture, they went to sojourn in a heathen land. There in that land, her husband dies. The man whose name means, my God is king. He's down in a heathen land where his God is not king. He's down in a land where, obviously, uh, it was not God's will that, that he should uh, stay there and be in that place. 
we find that her two sons die in that place. And so we see that uh, the bereavement that Naomi endured, here she has lost the blessings of the house of bread and praise. Or I think about our lives. I think about my life. How many times that we lose the blessing of God in our life and we live in bereavement because we are not where God wants us to be. I, I, I think how many times that uh, you know, I've been around a long time, and I know of your, uh, some of you said, yeah, I know that. And, but I've been here in Nottingham for a long time. And the excuses that I heard from person after person, family after family, that down through the years, why they were not coming to church anymore, it's just absolutely amazing. One that seems to be more prominent is one that, well, we're just not getting fed. Just not getting fed. Now, those of you who have been here any period of time and have sat under the preaching of Brother Gary and Michael, you know that if you're going to come to the house of God, you're going to get fed from the Word of God. Now, maybe before Brother Gary came as pastor and I was here for four years, maybe you didn't get fed. But I want to tell you, the Word of God is preached. It is taught here in Sunday school. And in every case, when somebody had that excuse, you know what I figured out? Now, I, I went to the sixth grade. I graduated from there, all right? But you know what I figured out? I figured out that every time they said we're not being fed, it was because they didn't show up at feeding time. When I was a boy at home and mom got dinner ready and she yelled it was dinner time, you better come to the table because it wasn't going to be there after everybody else was finished. And I've already told you, I didn't miss any meals because I like to eat, so I showed up. But if you don't show up to the house of God when it's feeding time from the Word of God, how are you going to be fed? Amen? This is not a good homecoming message, is it? But you know what? We must feed from the Word of God. And boy, there's so many excuses. What, what, what excuse do you think that Elimelech and Naomi had other than a famine? The two boys' names were uh, Malon and Chilion, and it meant sick and pining. Well, maybe they even thought, well, hey, if we go down to Moab, they got doctors down there. They got, uh, they got medicine down there. And we can go down there and the boys will get better. I don't know. We seem to find the most flimsy excuses to leave the place that God wants us to be. And we build it up in our mind. Yep, that's it, that's it, that's it. And we turn off our spiritual ears to what the Lord wants us to do. Always looks better on the other side of the fence, don't it? The grass is always greener. We think we can go. But you see here, she endured bereavement because of the decision they made. But you know, when we come to the realization in our life that we've done wrong and that uh, we ask God for that forgiveness and our mind starts to think in the right way. There is beauty in God's exercise of judgment because if you look at these names and that's what I love about the book of Ruth. 
These names are just not names that are just thrown out there. But when you look at the name Ruth, it means friendship or beauty. And the beauty that Naomi saw in the exercise of God's judgment is just absolutely amazing. Because Orpah goes back to her family. She goes back to her home. But Ruth says to Naomi, she says, hey, where you go, I'm going. Your family's going to be my family. Your God is going to be my God. Now, that, that is absolutely amazing. And how beautiful it is that Ruth had that love and that desire that she was going to stick with Naomi no matter what it was. Ruth I mean, Naomi has lost her husband. She's lost her children down in the country of Moab while sojourning in a place like that. But yet in this passage of Scripture, in the beauty of God's judgment, of ex his exercise of judgment, we see that she can have this beautiful young lady that comes to stay by her side, to be as her very own daughter, you know, and when, when we've been down where we shouldn't be, when we've been sojourning where we shouldn't be, aren't you glad that when, as the, the boy in the hog pen, when he came to himself and we asked God to forgive us and we asked God to cleanse us, Aren't you glad that he doesn't look at us and say, I'll never bless you again. I'll never be there with you again. I'll never put my hand upon you again. But aren't you glad that in his forgiveness and his love and his mercy and his compassion, even though we're flesh and we sin and we fail, aren't you glad that the hand of God can be upon us once again and that he can use us and that he can give us strength to go on to live for him? Aren't you glad we serve a God like that? A God of the second chance and the third chance. And he's a God that forgives, that he loves. And even in judgment, his exercise of judgment, he can send beauty our way. Man, I look at this and uh, uh, Ruth had to, or Naomi had to realize that there had been a conversion in the heart of Naomi that she believes that the God, Lord God Jehovah is the almighty God and that she's going to follow after him. She's going to serve him. And oh, aren't you glad that she did? Because if you've read your Bible, you're going to find out uh, that it's a real blessing that Ruth followed after the Lord God Almighty. Then I want you to see, last of all, the bitterness of emptiness. And I told you I was hungry, so I'm hurrying, all right? The bitterness of emptiness. Here, Naomi has gone away with a husband and sons, but they sojourned in a place of heathen people where they didn't serve Almighty God. And her husband dies and her sons die. You'll find at the end of this chapter in verse uh, 19, so they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them and they said, is this Naomi? Remember, her name means pleasant. But they said, is this Naomi? You know what? Sin takes its toll, doesn't it? 
I had double knee replacement in March, and there's a lady that I mow for. And I went back this spring to mow. And you know what she said to me? She says, well, boy, having that surgery sure aged you. I should have turned the tractor and blew grass all over her house, but I didn't. Real nice of her, wasn't it? Made me feel real good. But you know what? That's what happens with sin. It ages you. Changes your facial features. Takes a body that was once strong and makes it weak and crippled. There was a man that used to come to church here. He's gone to be with the Lord now. Had a real rough life. He gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, and boy, he gave it all to the Lord. But you know what? The effects of that rough life, the effects of sin, couldn't change that in his body. And he died at a young age. But he'd be the first to tell you he loved the Lord. Now I want to tell you today that sojourning in a foreign land takes its toll on you. Living in a place where God doesn't want you to be takes its place on you, takes its toll on you. And here, as they said, is this Naomi? She said, don't call me that. He said, call me Mara. And that means bitterness. For she said, the Almighty hath dealt bitterly with me. You see, we've gotten to the place that Hollywood, that TikTok, that Instagram, and that Facebook tells us what we should think, how we should live, and, and what we should do, and how we should dress, and, and how we should be. That's not where we should get any of it from. It should come from God's book. And oh my goodness, we've let the world of sin influence us so that our thought patterns, our life patterns, and the things that we do have taken us down into Moab, and we don't even realize that we're living in Moab. Folks, it's time we realize that we need to come home. We need to come home to some standards of the Word of God. We need to come home to faithfulness in His house. We need to come home to faithfulness in prayer and in the Word of God. We need to come home. We can have all kinds of excuses. We can have all kinds of reasons. But really, let's think about it. When you stand in judgment, and you will, and I will, before Almighty God, whether you're saved or whether you're lost, what excuse is going to work before God. Can you figure out one? But today I think we just need to come home. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to ask 
Michael to come. I just feel led for him to give the invitation today. Just do what the Lord would have you do. Dear Lord, we sure thank you for the message we have heard. Dear Lord, no doubt there's someone here this morning, and it's just that simple. They need to come home. I pray that you'd bless our invitation. You've met with us already. But this morning, I believe that maybe there's someone specifically. Maybe they've wandered. Maybe they haven't even wandered physically, but spiritually, mentally, they checked out a long time ago. Worship is gone, joy is gone. Their life would be bitterness. Dear Lord, we're thankful that you can restore the years that are lost. But we do have to come home. Help us in our invitation this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we stand and sing. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing the Father turns His face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon my sin upon his shoulders a shame